0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Off in the SOS, a podcast focusing on the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I'm your host, Stu, and on today's show, he's won national carding titles, podiumed in US Formula 4, and finished in the top five in points in his first two seasons. We catch up with 2021 MX5 Cup Rookie of the Year, Sam Paley. Today, I am joined by a special guest, Mazda MX-5 Cup driver, Sam Paley. Sam, how's it going uh, tonight? I'm
1: great, Stu. How are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: Pretty good, pretty good. Thank you for uh, thank you for hopping on the show. I know you've been uh, a busy guy here over the past little while, and uh, we're going to talk about some of that in, uh, in a moment. Um, but before we really get into stuff that you've been doing recently, um, I want to go kind of right back to the beginning and um and what really led you to get into racing and what has led to uh to where you are here today did you play any other sports as a child like how did you settle on racing
1: yeah so I actually played soccer pretty religiously as a child um I continued playing soccer all the way throughout high school so um as I got older it was definitely a challenge balancing those two sports and then eventually I um fully focused on racing but yeah initially funny story really um I was six years old I loved NASCAR I was watching racing all the time you know I had a lot of toy cars I was very interested in the sport of racing and cars in general and um my dad actually had a co-worker that sat next to him ha- at work and his son um raced go-karts at a local go-kart track outdoor go-kart track um, Motorsports country club of Cincinnati in Batavia, Ohio. I'm from Cincinnati region. Um, and one day when I was six, he took me out. And ever since then, and I was super young, ever since then I fell in love with it. Um, I started go-karting, eventually got my own go-kart, started club racing at, um, OVKA G and J, um, that go-kart track, In Camden, Ohio, and then kind of just advanced from there, started doing some regional go-kart races, then branched off into national go-kart races. And then when I was 13, I went to Skip Barber Racing School, the three-day school that Sony, you know, current IndyCar drivers and successful drivers today also went to. And then, um, you know, started on the open wheel side and then eventually transitioned in the MX5 Cup. And now that's kind of led me to the sports car world that I'm in today.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. You mentioned uh, you mentioned the karting, and then doing some US Formula Four, and then ultimately leading to the MX5 Cup. I understand that you won a couple of uh, national karting titles, and you you got some podiums there in uh, in US Formula Four. So, what was that like? Um, the transition, because it's a big transition, I guess, from carts to to the a proper race car you know in in formula four and you, you had skip barber in there in between um and what what has the transition been like from karting to open wheel and then now ultimately to what to where you are with uh, sports car racing
1: yeah so obviously it's a pretty big transition especially when you're going from a 300 pound go-kart to a 12 1300 1400 pound formula car and then eventually to you know a 2000 pound race car. Um, <laughs> that's also a car in the street. So uh, definitely a variety of, of cars and a variety of skill sets. Um, you know, I, I think I really embrace the transition, I would like to think that I'm a very quick learner. The step from carts to cars was a big one. Um, I had a lot of testing under my belt before I wouldn't say a lot but i definitely had a lot of opportunities to prepare myself um, before jumping into a form of the four race at homestead in 2017 that was my first ever professional race and i did a couple skip barber races before that mm-hmm. and you know um, skip barber is a super helpful series because it's very integrated with coaching and driver development and every time you come off the track they have coaches there helping you you know continually get better and advance yourself as a driver. So that was good. Um, I worked with Jay Howard as well in my early years on the driver coaching side. So he really helped prepare me both in karting, you know, when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, and then also into that transition to Formula 4. I did my first race there when I was 14. So I feel like I was definitely prepared for the transition. Um, my first ever Formula 4 race, I was actually the second youngest on the grid, I believe, at 14 years old, and I qualified for wow. 33. So I'd say Impressive. that was pretty good start. And then unfortunately my youth got the best of me towards the end of that race as I was competing for a podium. But, um, yeah, that was definitely a very fun transition. You know, the first time you're in a race car, it's a whole, whole new experience. Um, kind of opens up your eyes a little bit and then transitioning from open wheel to the MX five. And now I've been driving a variety of sports cars in recent times that was, that was, you know, I think I did well um, in that transition as well. I had a first, a very strong first race in MX5 Cup in 2020, and then a, a strong mm-hmm. rookie season in 2021. But it, it's a whole different world, you know. It, it would be very hard to jump back and forth between the open wheel car and, you know, say an MX5 car, or a TCA car, or a TCR car, or a GT4 car. Um, the way the downforce works in those cars, and the way you drive those cars, and the way you brake. Um, it's very different in the way you carry momentum. Um, so, yeah, you know, I really love driving the MX5 car. I love a spec Miata car too. Um, I love all the. I love the sports car world. A lot of people ask me, you know, is, is your goal car F1? I say no. I, I want to, you know, race in the 24 Hours of Daytona one day, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. But it's awesome. It's different, but you know, I, I don't think racing is racing. You know, a race car is a race car. So that that core is always there and you know there's a lot of differences but there's also a lot of similarities so yeah it was definitely a fun transition um and i'm I'm glad i did it i'm glad i transitioned the way i did
0: yeah it's the competition i guess you're you're really afterwards and you're going to be able to get that in in whatever form of racing that you're doing Uh, but focusing in on the the mx5 cup Um, so like you said, you, you did a couple of races in 2020 and 2021 was your first full time season in the series. And in that first full time season, you know, you found success quickly winning rookie of the year. You finished fifth in points. Um, what was it like to find the success that quickly, uh, in competition? And what do you think was the key to your success that year?
1: Yeah, so I really took um, that series with stride. I'd say say that was a big breakout year for me. I'm honestly pretty disappointed with, you know, a lot of the things I did that season, despite, you know, being Rookie of the Year was a very proud moment for me. And a lot of work went into that. But throughout the year, I had a lot of moments where being a rookie really showed. Um, You know, I had a lot of pace, but I was struggling. It was longer races than I was used to, even though it was only 45 minutes. But, you know, when you have stock brakes that are the same brake system that's on the street car and, you know, longer races on the tires, you really have to start worrying about brake conservation and and tire wear. And those are some things I was, I was struggling. I remember at Sebring, um, my second race that season, I qualified pole, but I quickly fell back. Just, you know, Sebring's a very physical track on the cars and the equipment. And I just wasn't used to conserving the car like everyone else was. And then I also had a lot of dumb penalties that year that, you know, should have, it shouldn't have been as close as it was in the championship. I got, it was a little nerve wracking there at the end. I think <laughs> I won it by like 10 points. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I had, I had good competition, but I, I feel like my pace, um, I should have won it by a lot more, but I had a lot of bad judgment moments. Um, I got penalized at Sebring. I got penalized at mid Ohio. I had a DNF at St. Petersburg. Um, mechanical dnf so moments like that i look back on well st petersburg was out of my control unfortunately but you know moments like at sebring and at mid ohio where especially with the imsa point system i'm not sure how familiar you are but it really really does not help to get DNFs. for example you know the fia point system and f4 us back in the day you win you get 25 points you get ninth you get two points or tenth it's one point and 11 is zero so 11th and twenty twenty fifth 25th is the same exact result on the point system whereas in imsa you know if you win it's 350 second 320 third 300 um fourth 280 and then it goes down from 10 from there but if you get like 29th you have 40 points so yeah you know a 29th DNF compared to maybe even just finishing 11th is 200 points, which is twice the spread from first to seventh. So it it really hurts to get DNFs and and penalties like that. Um, But besides that, I mean, I really took that year of stride. McCombie McAleer Racing, Stephen MacAleer and Chad McCombie helped me out a lot, you know, adapting to the car, helping me learn the car, the setup changes that you do in those cars compared to the F4 cars that I was used to previously is a lot different um it was a super fun year you know i i knew i had a i had a lot of pace but i also had a lot of problems so balancing that kind of sporadic inconsistency was a challenge as well but yeah 2021 was a great year um you know getting that rookie championship was a really proud moment for me a lot of work went into that um that year and you know, throughout my entire career. So, and that, that helped me race this year as well. So that was a really special moment for both me and my family.
0: Very true. Very true. So jumping into 2022 and, and this past season, it was a little bit of an up and down year. I mean, you finished fifth in the points once again, um, but looking back on the season, you know, you, you had some really good races, um, you know, some that come to mind right towards the end of the year. I recall you battling up right at the front at road, Atlanta, Um, at the end of the season, Uh, but then you also had some down moments as well over the course of the season. Would you consider it overall a success or still feel like uh, a little bit disappointed in what kind of left on the table?
1: Yeah, honestly, it was a super disappointing season. I'm not going to sugarcoat it in any way. Um, You know, the team and I really, really battled hard to make the most out of it, but a lot of stuff happened out of our control. Um, You know, it started off great. We got a And then unfortunately we missed setup, and I just personally didn't drive that well in the rain. It was a wet race there. So mm-hmm. fell back, um, there, you know, didn't really have the best showing at Daytona ninth and fifth and then St. Petersburg, you know, qualified in a good position. I got my first podium in race two, but race one, my engine died off the start. Uh, I believe it was just heat soaks. It's so hot there, you know, and you're so close yeah. to cars in front. And that was an unfortunate situation that I had never experienced before. So, you know, could have been my fault, could have been an external issue we're not quite sure about, but at St. Pete, it's hard to pass. So again, that was, I think I finished sixth that race. That was a big lost points race. And then mid-Ohio was pole once again, had an issue um, in, you know, a controversy in tech after the race, which I don't necessarily agree with, but we won't get into that. So I had to start <laughs> tech last both races there. And then the first race, I was up to eighth from like 30th. 15 minutes in and then unfortunately got canceled due to lightning. So again, something out of my control that, um, Was unfortunate, and then I think we went to Watkins Glen where I blew an engine. So again, just like (laughs) not having the good luck, and and then um, it takes a while to gain that horsepower back in the MX5 Cup. You really have to, you know, loosen these engines up and break them break them in over time. Um, They're not super quick out of the box. Mm -hmm. So then struggled that weekend with just you know overall power, and then team really worked hard to get back for Road Atlanta or Road America. I had an incident out of my control. I got hit from behind. So that's another DNF. And then unfortunately made a driving error myself. So finally something that I didn't do well that was in my control. And then, you know, we really ended the the year well at VIR and um, rode Atlanta. I think we were really unlucky throughout those four races to not get a win. Um, I think we had a lot of pace. And those final two events and to only get one podium out of that is really disappointing. And that's something that I should have done better, but it's a really hard series to win a race in no matter how quick your pace is, even get a podium, just because the draft is so big, you know, you go to road Atlanta, road America, VIR tracks with these big, big bag straightaways. And the draft is three, four seconds a lap, which is unheard of in any other car in this sport. And, you know, that makes the racing great. It makes it, great to watch on tv but sometimes as a driver it's really frustrating <laughs> and you know saying this i get flashbacks from road atlanta of leading the race with two laps left and i get freighted yep. by five cars and it's just like what can you do so yep. <laughs> maybe i shouldn't have been in that position and that's you know something that was in my control that i could have done better but again i would just kind of consider it unlucky um so yeah i mean we had a lot of pace this season i'm i'm we had a great package, the team and I, and we worked hard to really dial in a good consistent setup that we were running with all season, but just got unlucky. So disappointing, but you know, you learn a lot through adversity and adversity is what really grows you as a person. And as a driver at the end of the day, you know, if you won every race, you never get better. So it was a good, good learning year. Um, Good year growing me personally. Um, But yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that i'm happy with the fifth place in the championship i'm actually very surprised i finished off fifth considering all the bad luck i had this year that is uh, true i honestly don't know how that happened <laughs> considering i only had two po- um two podiums this season but you know i'll take it obviously um I'm, I'm glad i you know it's really good that we ended the the year on a high note despite i think we got two force at road atlanta Um, you know, disappointing to not get on the podium, but it was a great way to end the year considering all the struggles that we had in the middle of the season. So.
0: Yeah, definitely agree. Was surprised to see that the, the year end points were, uh, were fifth, but Hey, you know, take, uh, take some of that prize money home and, uh, and hopefully be able to put that towards uh, towards your next ride here. Um, So you spoke about a lot of the things that make, mx5 racing great especially from a fan perspective um can you give us an elevator pitch on why somebody should be watching the mx5 cup series
1: yeah so i mean i think undebatably the mx5 cup is the most exciting racing in the country at the moment and probably will be for a while. And part of the reason is just, you know, the draft keeps everything so close. It's like, a you know, it's like a, a super speedway race on a road course, um, the cars don't have roofs. So, you know, when you're, you're driving down the straightaway, it opens a huge pocket of air, excuse me. And um, that draft is just worth so much. So it keeps the field so packed up and close together. Um, you know, they frequently refer to it as pack racing. The, the, the lead pack will, you know, consistently be seven, eight cars lead changes every lap, every other lap. I think Road Atlanta was a great example of that. I think I probably yep. led like four different times in one race. And there's probably six people that led just every single time coming down the backstretch, which, again, sometimes is really frustrating for the driver because what can you do, you know, but it makes it great for the, um, you know, the consumer watching, watching on their TV, And, you know, that makes the racing really exciting. I think just the way these cars are, where they're a little lower horsepower, um, keeps everything super close and, um, there's, it's not, uh, it's, it's a cheaper car too. So (laughs) again, um you know, people aren't really afraid to have their elbows out and and bang up the cars a little bit, which again, from a driver's perspective is a little bit in the iffy area, but for someone watching on TV, it's fantastic. So the races, you know, you never get a break. It's 45 minutes, but you're never alone for those 45 minutes. You're, You're always in a pack. You're always thinking about your next move, your next defense. Everyone's always on the move and everyone has a chance. You know, for example, I'll never forget 2021 Daytona uh my rookie year we had a restart it was a i think there was one lap left i don't think it was a green white checkered we had a restart and it was the white flag or maybe it was a green white either way i i my memory is is failing me right now but it was one lap (laughs) or two laps and um i think it was one lap so the field was packed up you know after a restart and we were coming out of the 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 kink down the or the bus stop down the back straight and Celine Roland and Preston Partis were one, two coming out of the bus stop and they finished seventh and eighth. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's, you know, that's really unfortunate for them, but I don't think there's a single series in the world where, you know, the guys 20 seconds from the start finish line are first and second. And, you know, nothing, they didn't have a mechanical, they didn't have anything just how close the racing is and how impactful the draft is. It, it's, it's really fun to watch. And on, on, you know on my side i came fifth to second coming out of the bus stop that lap so you can really use it to your advantage but it can also be part of your disadvantage as a driver but um you know for for all the viewers at home and all the viewers at track there's really a cult following to it and everyone loves it there's never a dull moment and yeah, um, it's it's really great to be a part of
0: yeah it certainly is a ton of fun to watch very entertaining and to hear the pack of the MX five cars go by, uh, is, is pretty incredible yeah. to and just uh, look to at the finishes
1: well. too. You know, there's, there's three or four, two, three wide photo finishes a year. And, uh, like Gresham Wagner, 2021 road, Atlanta, you know, the 2021 Daytona finish, 2021 Sebring finish. Yeah. There's so many just incredible finishes that no other racing series, you know, if you if you compared that to the the closest finishes in IndyCar history, they'd have nine in the top 10, so.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They definitely at it, Watkins Glen this year too was they were right nose to nose at the yeah. uh, finish line as well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, some great racing. Definitely, definitely. So, uh moving on from MX5s now and and focusing back in a little bit on yourself. So, as you said earlier, you've been quite busy lately. You've been testing multiple different uh, different sports cars. You know, you posted some shots on your Instagram. Uh, you were testing with PF Racing uh, in their Ford Mustang GT4 the other week, and then uh, just last week you were in Italy uh, running some uh, some Super Trofeo. So, can you tell us anything about what your 2023 plans are and what what you might have in store there?
1: Yeah, so unfortunately, I've got no word on 2023 plans yet. That's all uh, trying to get sorted behind the scenes. Um, You know, I will comment on the last couple of weeks, though, testing GT4, testing the European Super Trofeo car. That is something that I definitely would love to do in the near future in 2023 or, you know, years beyond that or soon Um, moving up into higher horsepower cars. It was uh, great experience gained, um, you know, to drive a faster, more powerful, more physical car. And that's, that's definitely where my goal and where my aim is. But yeah, unfortunately, no, no word on next year at the moment.
0: Well, if anybody's watching this and, uh, they can help Sam out, get this guy in a car somewhere, anywhere, because, uh, we need to see him on the track next year. Uh, Sam, I don't want to take up any more of your time. A big thank you for, uh, for coming on the show here today and, uh, best of luck in uh, the upcoming season.
1: Thank you, Stu. I appreciate it.
0: It was a great time chatting with Sam and hopefully he's able to find a ride to get back onto the grid for next year. He really is one of the up and coming drivers in the sport and it's going to be a ton of fun to watch him no matter where he lands next season. If you want to follow along Sam and his racing journey, check out the show notes for links to all of his social media accounts. That is going to wrap this one up though, but before you go, make sure that you are subscribed on your favorite podcasting app so that you never miss an episode. You can also follow along and interact with us. Us on Twitter or on YouTube at Off the S's. Once again, thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone has a great race weekend. It doesn't go, Off in the S's.